Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second before this episode to let you know um, that the music at the intro and outro of this episode are going to be a little bit different. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, you're going to hear a one-minute clip from the band that I'm speaking to, uh, Souls Awakened, and their song, War Inside. And then at the end, you're going to hear a full song from the same band called The Day Our Savior Died. I just wanted to give you guys a chance to listen to a little bit from these guys. They're they're great guys, and you'll get to see that throughout the episode, but I wanted you to get a sample of their music as well. Um, the Day Our Savior Died, which plays at the end, is my personal favorite song of theirs. It's a hymn that they rewrote and turned into a hard rock song, and I just really enjoy it and want to share it with you. So stay tuned after the episode for that full song, and then just be prepared, like I said at the beginning, uh, instead of the normal Bible chat intro, you're going to be getting a clip of their song, uh, The War Inside. Um, check it out. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome back to Bible Chat. I'm your host, Caleb Sowers. It's good to be sitting down behind the new bike. Um, when you guys listen to this, feel free to let me know how I sound because I'm hoping I sound really good. New mic, and I know it was expensive. Thank you, mom and dad, for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am really excited to share this episode um, with you guys. Uh, this has been a topic that I've been pursuing and hoping to be able to tackle for a little bit and just kept, uh, running into dead ends, but, uh, this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, sitting down with, uh, souls awakened, um, a Christian rock group. And, uh, we're going to talk about Christianity, rock music, Christian rock, and where its place is in the church. And so I'm going to throw it at you guys right away. Um, Rodney, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and then each one of you guys, when he's done, just take time to introduce yourself, what you do in the band, talk a little bit about your band, your ministry, if you want to share your testimony, all those things before we dive into the subject. Sure. My name is Rodney Jones, and uh, I live in Hamilton, Ohio, and I am the lead vocalist for Souls Awakening. Um, I had a crazy childhood growing up, um, lots of time in prison, shot some people, drug trafficker, uh, but redeemed. So, um, yeah, I do a street ministry and prison ministry, and... Um, my heart is for the drug addicts and the prostitutes and uh, just people that are down in the dumps right now, you know? And um, I mean, I feel for the guy that thinks he has everything and doesn't have Christ, but 
um, that might be someone else's mission field. Well, that, I mean, that's pretty amazing. And we may have to come back and talk a little bit about your history later on, um, because that's a lot to throw out there and be like, okay, who's next, you know, but uh, no, that's, that's amazing. And that's awesome. That really is. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan, if you want to go ahead and, and share, feel free. Uh, So I'm Jonathan Woodward. I am the guitarist and souls awaken um <clears throat> absolutely love these guys and love what we're doing and love the journey that we've been on it's been a true blessing in my life not just as in a, my music career but in my life personally it's it's been an absolute joy to work with these guys um yeah so i you know i, I as a kid i was in church my my uh my family took me to church and then there was that time when i just kind of fell away and got into a lot of bad stuff um almost died, ended up ODing um, on cocaine. And and in that time of my life, you know, I just wasn't looking for God. I was just trying to live for myself and uh, got out of that. Um, I don't know if you've heard, heard the the adage that uh, God is the hound of heaven. Um, He chased me down and uh, brought me to him because I tell you, if it was left up to me, I would have never came. And so I'm thankful for uh, the Holy Spirit for moving, for God sending the Holy Spirit to move, to bring me into relationship with him always had music as part of my life. Um, and I started playing guitar when I was 10, kind of went on and off back and forth. Um, rock and metal has always been part of me. Uh, you know, I also like rap and, and I get involved with a little bit of that, but, um, always loved the guitar and the drums and, and stuff like that. So I've um, been playing music for quite a while. Um, helped plant some churches, um, pastored a little bit, led worship, quite a quite a lot I'm, I'm currently one of the guys who who helps lead worship at my church now and um one of the verses my my ministry um motivation i really resonate with philippians chapter 1 verse 9 through 11 where it says it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Jesus Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That, of course, is reading through the elect standard version. <laughs> the elect standard yes, version. Yeah. Oh, my. No. <laughs> Sorry, man. The English standard version. <laughs> but well, um, I've always so been partial desire, to the like, NASB, the Noble Armenian Standard Bible. <laughs> Hey, man, I dig it. I I dig it. (laughs) But uh, so my desire in music, man, I love to have a blast. And we do that, man. We rock it out with Souls Awaken. But uh, my desire is for people to grow in Christ, to come to Christ and to grow in Christ and see them just move closer and closer, um, not just emotionally, but mentally, spiritually in their understanding of God's nature, God's character. Um, and so I just love that. That's a, that's a huge motivation for me. Um, and, uh, we, we, we all have somewhat of a history of a sketchy background. So, um, so my heart goes out to, to people like that. Um, but yeah, enough about me. All right. And Jason. So my name is Jason. Um, I'm the bass player for souls waken. Um, my testimony is relatively boring. Um, compared to uh, Rodney and Jonathan's. Um, I came to a, a saving faith at a, at, a, at a really young age. Um, but so my interesting bits 
uh, more interesting bits kind of came after I was saved when I went through some periods of, um, we'll just say feeling a little more self-sufficient than I otherwise should have. Um, it's during those times when God really found some creative ways to uh, take me to the woodshed and uh, highlight my rebellion. Um, and the answer coming out of it is the same that it's so much easier to uh, obey than to have to ask for forgiveness and uh, leaning not on your own understanding. Um, the one cool thing through, through it all is uh, if you check out our uh, home for Christmas video on either YouTube or Facebook, if you watch it through to the end, um, Rodney kind of gives a little bit about his testimony and why he chose to, uh, to do that song. And it was uh, without, you know, spoiling too much of it um really it was a lot about his uh uh his his father you know while he while while rodney was was doing some time never giving up on him right um and you know i've never done time in prison i've spent a couple hours in jail here and there but that's a different <laughs> story but <laughs> um but it you know my earthly father never gave up on me as well but more importantly uh, in all of our cases that, uh, you know, despite our rebelliousness or our disobedience, you know, our heavenly father, uh, never gives up on us either. So, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a daily, uh, minute by minute learning process. So, um, but as far as these guys are concerned, as far as being concerned, uh, just like Jonathan said, I mean, he's, he just said it best, man. I just, I love these guys. I love playing with them. I love being around them. Um, you know, some of, some of what you do in a band or, or really any endeavor, um, is, is work. And, you know, sometimes it feels like that, but it's, it's really supposed to, but by and large, um, you know, what we do, um, together is just so much fun. It, it never feels like work. It's always just enjoyable. Um, just a, a, a you know, great couple of guys to, to, to be with great hearts, great spirits, uh, great talents. And, uh, it's just, it's been and continues to be a uh, tremendous experience. That's awesome. Um, going back a little bit to, uh, and to the idea of all of you guys being in a band together. Um, how did, uh, how did that come about? How did you guys meet each other? Do you just go to church together and happen to be playing together or go ahead. Facebook. Facebook. Really? See, that's how I found you guys. So man, Facebook can be amazing, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so were was it part of that same group the uh, the that that I found you guys in that you found each other, or um, were you in a group looking for bandmates or how how all did that work? Jason, you remember uh, how that started right through Facebook, like just uh, looking for a singer and a guitar player. You I, guys didn't find me through Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Jason could probably comment on how the band started, but I'm not the person to comment on that because I wasn't there when they started. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan joined us about, uh, I guess it's probably a 
good eight months after uh, we first got together in Rodney's basement. Um, you know, def definitely giving credit where credit's due. Uh, our former drummer, um, you know, has a lot of connections, a lot of contacts, and when he um, moved back to to Cincinnati, he and I, uh, you know, joined up. We hadn't seen each other in a few years. Um, just sit there, had some lunch, talked about uh, possibly getting, you know, something together locally if there was any interest. Um, and then, um, and that's that, you know, that's one thing that, you know, he's he's always pretty good at in terms of group dynamics and stuff. He's he's pretty good at, you know, making those connections and uh, providing those scenes and stuff. So um, that's how we ultimately ended up coming together. Now it wasn't just us three. There were tons of people that kind of like floated in and out through that initial process but ultimately it landed on um rodney and jonathan and i kind of carrying through that and then all the way through until today so okay all right well, here so we are that, that's pretty it's, cool though it's honestly a, it, it's an interesting thing how i met up with them because there's a church that I was part of help starting a while ago. And, uh, and like uh, Jason said, the, the drummer at that time, <clears throat> we, we were both volunteering to help this church with music. I was playing the bass for him and he was doing the drums and we ended up using the bathroom at the same time. <laughs> and he, you know, he just looked over and I looked over. He's like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, uh, your guitar, your bass sounded great. I'm like, drum sounded great. I said, yeah, usually I play metal. And he said, Oh really? You want to be in a band? I'm like, I don't know. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and then I showed up at their rehearsal one day. <laughs> wow. And that totally breaks all kinds of different restroom protocols, but <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. It ended up for the, for the, for the, for the good. Right. Right. <laughs> and God can redeem evil for good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, oh, so how's the, how's the, how, how do you, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. How do the dynamics kind of work out with the band? Do, do either, or do any of you guys take sort of the lead on songwriting as far as music, lyrics, anything like that? Or do you kind of all just share um, and work it out together? Or how does all of that work? I think it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, usually, what'll happen is uh, one of us will, you know, throw out an idea. Um, usually, like from uh, like from from Jonathan and I, it's it's something that will be pretty well fully formed. Um, you know, we we both do multiple instruments and things like that, so. You know, it's we we tend to want to try to bring bring at least a, a palatable demo product to everybody to to give a good listen to, and then, you know, ultimately whatever's put forth by any one of us um, when we're all together, that's when we really kind of make it our own. Um, you know, the nice thing is is um, some musicians tend to be a little bit touchy mm -hmm. <laughs> not only with other things but especially whenever you start you know telling them that their baby might not be quite as beautiful as they think it is so um you know if you, if you maybe have a suggestion 
on how to potentially change something, it's very easy in the writing process to get really, really attached to um, different pieces and parts or even the, you know, a song as a whole. So just speaking for me personally, I try to just say, okay, here's what I've come up with. It's not sacred. It could be torn apart. It could, you know, be altered or whatever. There's very few things that I treat as sacred. The way I look at it, it's all that is a gift from God anyway. So who am I to, you know, try to put some sort of protective barrier around it that nobody can have any input into. I like to have everybody just have the freedom to do what they want with it. And I can't really think of too many times where, um, where other people have put some hands on it and it hasn't come out so much better than what I could do on my own. And it's nice to be able, and that, that really kind of speaks to the heart of, you know, both Jonathan and Rodney is that, you know, we can all kind of, you know, speak into each other and, you know, make those suggestions without it being, um, any sort of a blow up or anything. It's just, um, just some, you know, creative suggestions, creative input. And, uh, it's, it's treated just for what it is. It's not treated as a threat or an affront. So right. it's nice working with people like that. So you don't feel like you're constantly having to walk around on pins and needles and you could just really have the freedom to be yourself and everybody else has that opportunity as well. No, that's that that's cool uh because i know that the whole dynamic and the drama that can go into just working with people in a normal environment let alone a creative musical environment and everybody having input that's a hard thing to juggle so to be able to be working with people who don't take it personally and are all sort of working towards the same goal i know you hear stories about bands and things like that so for you guys to have that is pretty cool thing honestly Hey, Rodney, um, you have a pretty amazing uh, whale uh, when it comes to the to your singing and stuff. <laughs> was that something that you've always had? Was that something that you kind of discovered on your own? Was it something that um, you, you used to do as a little kid to impress your kids or your parents or or how did all how did you find out that you could do that? I've always been curious about that with some of those metal singers and the way that they can whale. Like, were they just a well, kid that used to do that and it kept doing it as an adult or how'd they figure that out? <clears throat> yeah, I was kind of like uh, the guy that sang in the shower and uh, just, I was always humming along with music, you know, and people was like, man, you could sing. You should, you should try that karaoke thing once, you know, I got older mm-hmm. and I was, I was at a bowling alley and uh, I went up and sang a couple songs and I was scared to death and uh, everybody started cheering. I was like, what, <laughs> you know, what's here? So, but they was like, man, I told you, you could sing, <laughs> oh, that's but awesome. I never um, get into any band thing or anything like that until I was uh, locked up in um, Lebanon correctional institution in Ohio uh, doing a 12 year sentence. I kept seeing a, a guy walked past my cell with a guitar and uh, every day I'd see him walk by and I finally just said, Hey man, are you in a band or something? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, wow. I said, um, you got a singer? And he's like, no, we're having auditions tomorrow. I'll send you a pass. So I got a pass sent to me. Um, and 
try it out. They gave me some lyrics and I just started wailing right off the rip. And uh, it was like, you're going to be our singer, man. <laughs> I was like, sweet. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. Um, kind of talk, touching on that a little bit with um, you figuring all of that stuff out in prison. I know that you mentioned at the beginning um, that you, you know, you, you had sort of a, a rough start. You found yourself in prison and then you came to the Lord. Did you uh, come to the Lord through prison ministry then? Or, or what were sort of the things that um, brought you to repentance and then into Christianity? Well, my grandmother used to always, uh, you know, witness to me. Well, I called it preaching back then, you know, um, and I really wasn't trying to hear it. I was uh, involved in a terrible drug infested lifestyle. And um, yeah, I, man, I, I tell you, it, it's been pretty wild, man. Um, the way God has uh, just stepped in and, and changed my life. And uh, I'm just grateful, man. And uh, I'm happy to be able to use my voice. Um, you know, and, and my testimony, um, you know, just being able to lead people to the Lord through music and, and, and my testimony is just unbelievable to me. And, um, I'm just grateful that I'm being used like that because I, I kept getting, when I got out of prison, um, you know, it's funny. I said, man, when I get out of here, man, I'm going to find me a good church woman, man, and settle down. But I didn't. I got out and started selling drugs immediately because that's all I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the girl that I dated in junior high, um, I ended up getting with her. And uh, she told me she she gave me a hug. I hadn't seen her in 20 some years. And um, she gave me a hug and she stepped back and she said, you're going to preach the gospel and you're going to sing in front of a sea of people. Now, I was sitting there with a pocket full of heroin and thinking this broad has lost her mind. She's crazy. And, uh, you know, my wife, uh, well, she's my wife now, but she's seen something in me uh, because she was a good Christian woman. She's seen something. She didn't know I was a singer, which blew my mind, you know, uh, in the first place. But uh, I hadn't talked to her in 20-some years, you know, in, uh, since junior high school. And um, we started dating, and we got married pretty quick. And, uh yeah, and uh, now I'm preaching the gospel, and I'm singing in front of seas of people. <laughs> so, but you know, just that whole thing there, you know, um, when she spoke into my life, and I thought she was crazy. When I started reading the Bible, man, I kept getting invited to church, and and like I would tell my wife, like you know, I actually started dragging her down because, like you know, I liked going out to the clubs and. You know, I'm just fresh out of prison and uh, like singing karaoke, things like that, uh, you know, because I was in abandoned prison. But um, start dragging her down and, and um, she kept talking to me about God. And I'd be like, man, come on, you're, you're killing my buzz here, you know. But uh, I had a guy at work. I finally got a job because my wife, uh, she was she was about to leave me because she found out I was selling drugs and things. And um, so. Yeah, she, uh, so I stopped, I stopped doing that and, uh, well, I really didn't, but I stopped, you know, selling hard, hardcore drugs, but I was still selling pot and things like that. And, 
um, well, um, I just went to church one day. A guy kept inviting me after about six weeks of telling him, yeah, I'll be there. I finally, <laughs> finally went and I enjoyed it. And then, uh, my wife and I went to a different church the following week and that I seen a, a power team at when I was a kid. And, uh, we went there and I gave my life to the Lord at the altar, man. I, I just felt like, uh, God was talking to me and I felt like Satan was talking to me, uh, on either shoulder telling me, you know, you don't have nothing in common with these people, but the voice that told me just go, that's all it said, just go. It wasn't telling me, you know, you shouldn't go up there. You don't have nothing in common with anyone in here. That, that, that was the enemy, you know? And, um, I mean, I'll tell you when I, when I went up there and I asked, uh, Jesus Christ into my life and be the Lord of my life. And, uh, man, I felt like the world got lifted off my shoulders, man. I was under so much weight and stress of just the lifestyle that I lived. You know, I couldn't stay out of prison. You know, I've got like 14 and a half years in, in prison not counting drug rehab and things like that you know i was uh from the time i was a kid i was juvenile in prison as an adult things like that but yeah man i'm, I'm just grateful dude i'm so happy that uh god's using me and you know it's amazing that god will take a man that was uh addicted under a generational curse from uh family my, my father was a drug dealer drug addict uh than me than my son and break that cycle and now my family starts coming into the to the kingdom after a couple of years of seeing me not falter you know yeah and um i'm just grateful man that's really awesome. grateful, dude. that really is that's awesome and thank you for sharing and i know that's a personal subject but that's uh that's really amazing and that's really awesome and it, and it kind of ties into the way that I wanted like to steer the conversation. Um, uh, I, I know I shared with you over the phone, Rodney, um, but I was raised in a very conservative um, uh, denominational background. I was raised in uh, the independent Baptist church, which is uh, honestly, it's almost like one step outside of Amish. Uh, they they're still living in the 1950s. And so it's, you know, piano only, maybe an organ up at the front, um, only singing the hymns out of the red back hymnals in the back of the pew. And, and there's, I mean, outside of the independent Baptist, there's a lot of other denominations out there that are pretty conservative when it comes to the way that they view worship in the church and in the Christian body. And what, uh, I know growing up a big, um, a big taboo was sort of placed on the idea of Christian rap, Christian rock, um, and those sorts of things. And so with you guys, obviously all being a pretty hard rocking band, but all very outspoken Christians, and you all just shared at least a little bit of your testimony. How, how do you guys feel about that sort of conservative stance that in Christianity or, or, um, God should be worshiped in a, in a spiritual manner. Um, you know, the, the hymnals are sacred. Um, uh, really let's just get back to or get to the core of it where you'll have a lot of Christians that will say that Christian rock, Christian metal, Christian rap are the devil's music wrapped in sort of a holy, a holy speech, but uh, still are um, more glorifying of the devil and his music than of God. 
Um, have you guys ever come up against that? Have you ever heard anybody sort of have that opinion? Um, how do you guys as Christians feel about that when that's the kind of music that you guys play? Anybody can take this on and don't all jump at I, once. I just, <laughs> I just had a recent conversation. I, had, I just had a recent conversation. When I say recent, I guess it's been, a, I don't know, a couple months ago. Um, love, love this gentleman. And I'm not, you know, I'm not name dropping anybody because I respect him immensely mm-hmm. as a uh, Christian, as an older, as an elder um, brother in Christ and as a minister, as a pastor. Um, he is a pastor and was uh, asking me if, how, how could somebody glorify God with rock music? And I thought, it, I honestly thought it was a joke, <laughs> but I said, are, are you serious? And he, and he said, yes, he, he is. He, goes, he said, because he, he doesn't believe it can happen. <clears throat> so um, I don't really have those discussions over text anymore. Right. I just respond, man, I would love to talk about that. If you want to meet up, let's grab some coffee and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the first questions, and, and I just engaged in a conversation on Facebook about that, t- uh, today. Um, one of the, one of the first things I bring up to somebody who says, uh, who says, um, you know, it, sh- it shouldn't be rock music or anything or anything sounding like that because that you can't glorify God with that. Um, but it's okay for pianos and organs and things like that. One of my first questions is, do you enjoy how the piano sounds? <laughs> Because if you enjoy it, then there's an issue with your question from the beginning. You're, you're the, the, the base of your argument is already defeated, is self-defeated. Um, God made all the sounds. Yes, he did. It doesn't matter if I bang rocks together. Right. If I hit my hand on a wall, God made all the sounds. And don't think for a minute. I, and we just made a post about this on Facebook today. I made that post because I was fired up about it. <laughs> Don't I think saw for a minute that I I'm saw gonna let, did you see that? <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh yes, this is gonna tie in. Somebody's got an opinion on this subject. <laughs> I I don't don't think for a minute I'm gonna let the devil take any glory for the things that God has made that I can use to glorify him. And don't think for a minute that I'm not gonna allow myself to enjoy the things that God gave us to glorify him. Because how much more glorifying is it to God when we enjoy the gifts he gives us to glorify him? So if there's a contention there with any type of musical instruments, it's a contention with all musical instruments. And then you may as well just go to acapella, mm-hmm. you know, do the Church of Christ thing. Um, well, it uh, used to always be acapella, and that's the part that I always bring up. At one point in time, whether people believe it or not, the, bringing the piano, which was considered a bar uh instrument into the church was considered worldly now it's almost odd to go into a church and not at least see a piano but i think it was i could be wrong but i think it was dl moody that first started bringing a piano along and it was literally so that they could play music to draw people into the tent revivals before that it was only uh, pipe organs they were considered sacred sacred instruments and no other kind of music was really encouraged it was only the music of your voices and and it's been a progression since then but the bible says to make a joyful noise and it, and if you read the 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 scriptures that talk about the type of instruments that were employed 
in praising God in the Bible, they talk about drums and they talk about cymbals and they talk about pipes and they talk about all of those sorts of things. And yet here in America, in the modern um, century, people have issues with anything besides a piano. And it, and it kind of blows my mind. Um, does anybody else have it? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Good. Just one thing I'd like to, to add on to the end of that, because I don't want anybody getting the wrong impression about my perspective, is, is that I, I in no way have any desire to destroy tradition. Um, right. Like the hymnals and things like that. I, I, I think it's a terrible thing for us to dismiss that, to dismiss acapella worship, to dismiss piano worship, because we stand on the shoulders of history. We stand on the shoulders of tradition, um, you know, that, that is very God glorifying and God honoring. So, um, you know, that what, I, what I say is not to dismiss any of that. It's, right. it's, this is a building up on, this is a standing on the shoulders of our forefathers and of history and of tradition um, to just use more of what God has given us to glorify him. Well, just to tag on to that, the one song that you guys have released uh, it's honestly my favorite one out of the whole bunch is a rewritten hymn, isn't it? That you guys perform. Yeah. It, oh, on the day that, on the day that Christ, Jesus died, right? Is, is that what it's called? Is something like that? The day our Savior died. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's we it. took the, took the base concept of it. Um, and then, you know, meddled it up, of course. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a more traditional hymn that would have been, um, eagerly accepted in a, a traditional worship service. But, you know, honestly, in, in, you know, I, th I think Jonathan's 100% correct. Y you don't know, nobody, we, do, we, we're not in the business of going and bashing history um, or even, even folks that, that really, uh, you know, have a particular preference for music, but the, the folks that judge folks like us or anybody else for, uh, what they consider to be non-Christian music. And I, I want to highlight the word music there. These are probably the same people that condemn Halloween, but uh, mm. will be the first to put up their Christmas tree. Right. Um, so really, I think it, it's, it's, it, it really comes down to a matter of cognitive dissonance. So like Jonathan, the question I would ask is kind of along the same lines, but just a little uh, off to the left is would it be okay to like bring a flute or a harp into church? And I don't think anybody, you know, conservative would say, oh yeah, those, those sound great. Of course we could have a, a flute or a harp in the church. Well, go back and reread Daniel 3, because when you read Daniel 3, you see what the flute and the harp and all those other instruments were used to call people to bow down to worship the giant gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had commissioned. So it's not the music no. it's the message that's objective it's right. not the instrument but what is created through it a hammer's neither good nor evil it could build a church or a satanic temple it's how it's used it's not the genre it's down to the preference so that's when you start making the subjective to to define the objective well i don't like the sound of metal music therefore it's evil that's when cognitive dissonance starts to rear its ugly head yeah. um, but i mean we would honestly like to reach out to everybody on the planet but we fully understand that somebody that's only into ragas for example we're not going to be their cup of tea 
but we still love them. We still respect their preferences and we could still engage them in other ways than music, you know, like musically melting their faces off. Absolutely. <laughs> that, that doesn't have to be the only way to reach people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit it on the head and that's what I was going to try to, um, to bring out through conversation is that I think that it boils down to preference. I, um, I'm a hymns guy. I grew up with hymns. I love hymns. In all honesty, I go to yeah. a lot of churches that are very much into the the modern praise and worship. And there's a couple songs in the mix that I'll know and like, but I, I ultimately I, I always like hymns when it comes to church and stuff. But my favorite genre of music is metal. It has been since I I'm old enough to remember Columbia House. And I accidentally ordered an Iron Maiden CD when I was 13 years old from Columbia House. And uh, that was a mistake that I never regretted because it introduced me to a whole genre of music that in my house I would have never been introduced to and um, grew up to love that kind of music, love guitar solos and metal wailing and lyrical songs and in music with substance because i grew up with oldies so it was like the beatles latter days were really edgy in my household and then all of a sudden i have bruce dickinson uh <laughs> screaming out the ghost of the navigator through my boom box and my mom and dad were like what are you listening to but and i grew to just love the whole thing and I listen to, you know, a disciple and seventh day slumber and things like that. And, and I love them. And in so many churches, just based on the way they look or the way that they sound musically, they'd be condemned without ever digging into the substance of the songs. And that those same people that would condemn them because, um, uh, young, the, the lead singer of disciple has long hair and the side of his head is shaved and he yells a little bit, will turn around and listen to Southern Gospel. And you, you can find either the same amount of substance in Southern Gospel, but it sounds a little bit uh, friendlier, I guess, or the same lack of substance. And whether that's, that music has a deep um, spiritual sound or a hard rock face-melting sound, there that has nothing to do with what the actual point of that song or that music is that's just the, the delivery system and you can get right. just as just as devoid of substance song in a uh, southern gospel or even some hymns let's be honest there's not a lot to the hallelujah chorus besides saying hallelujah multiple times it sounds pretty and you know why you're saying hallelujah but the substance is pretty void um as you can find in a song like dear x from disciple which is a very deep song talking about giving up on who you used to be and turning it over to christ um mm. and it, all that's different is the delivery system yeah, my dad will probably kill me for telling telling this story, but we were debating the virtues of country music, which my mom and dad have always been huge fans, as opposed to you know rock and metal music on our, our way back home from uh, Thanksgiving, and it was it was kind of getting a little bit heated, and naturally country music was on the radio, and 
lo and behold, T.G. Shepard swept in with, do you want to go to heaven? It came on the radio. So I said, hey, Dad, why don't we just pause this discussion here for a second? Let's listen to this song. It gets to the second verse, and he shut the radio off. Total silence the rest of the way home. And it's like, you know, on balance is country music, you know, any better or any worse than metal or whatever, whatever. That's eh, it's debatable. But because that was, you know, their musical preference, they it was so easy for them to to gloss over the lyrics. And I mean, that song starts off with a 10 year old getting baptized and he ends up kind of throwing his religion deliberately to the side in favor of women right <laughs> I mean, it is a blatant slap in the face to religion right but hey it's country so how it's... bad could it be right right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is american as Thanks, apple TG. pie right <laughs> sure right well um did any of you guys ever have to deal with any of that growing up i i, I know that we talked a little bit about denominational um backgrounds and things like that earlier on before we started recording but um did did like like I said I'm not currently in an independent baptist church I grew up in those and it was very conservative um honestly the fact that my parents uh still listen to stuff like Elvis and Nat King Cole wouldn't have been allowed I don't know if you guys know anything about independent baptists but anything with drums oh yes was not allowed so even Southern Southern gospel um, sounds in an independent Baptist church had to not have drums. So you could have the whole honky tonk sound as long as there were no drums, but that was it. And so, like I said, um, Moody blues or the latter days of the Beatles with yellow submarine was edgy. Um, let alone the stuff that I ended up liking and enjoy now. But did any of you guys ever have to deal with any of that stuff growing up at all, or no, or <clears throat> like in a church context, or just at all? I, I, the way that you grew up, or yeah, just um, in church. Like I know Jonathan shared that he's having he had that conversation with uh, somebody on Facebook uh, the, today or the other day, and has has talked to friends and stuff like that about that sort of thing before, but. Um, Jason or, or Rodney, did either of you guys ever have to come up against something like that or no? I've, I've ran into people that, that think, you know, like that, but the majority of them is like really older, older crowd. And I really can't say, I mean, like most of them are older than me. <laughs> so, and I'm old, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I was talking to you about, man, it's, uh, you know, when you're a fisher of men, you have to use different bait just like when you go fishing for fish, you're not going to use bass bait, you know, something that you're going to catch, try to catch a bass with to go uh, catch catfish on the bottom with, you know? Right. So uh, the, the music, as long as uh, I feel like it's glorifying God. And uh, the, I think the reason most people don't, that most people think that way is because <clears throat> they can't understand, unless they grew up listening to, you know, metal or like hard rock, they, mm -hmm. Most of them can't understand what people don't, you know, can't understand. They right. don't understand. <laughs> so, so are, are, are you uh, saying that today's teens aren't really into Southern gospel music and you may not be able to reach them playing that sort of music? 
exactly uh, <laughs> are, are you saying that southern gospel is not super popular in prison or from people who grow up a little bit more down and out <laughs> is that what you're trying to say <laughs> all right um so uh i was asked to ask you guys this question from somebody and so i i feel like it's appropriate to the conversation when it comes to church services do you think that there should be a difference between the music that say you guys play as a as a show um and the sort of stuff that is um used to usher people into worship and into service on a sunday or do you think that it shouldn't matter um, do you have a, an idea? Do you believe there should be a difference like during the opening music of church? Do you think that uh, you guys could get up and play um, in, in uh, Center of the Sun? <laughs> or do you think that um, it, there should be a difference there? I was asked to ask you guys, so <laughs> I don't know. If it's, uh... <laughs> Jonathan, did you play at that question? No, but I think it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I personally, just personally for me, I, I think it's relative to church. I think it's circumstantial. I, I wouldn't necessarily um, <clears throat> play a song like Center of the Sun at any ch church, really. I mean, in, in, a, in the context of a, of a church service, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a song that ultimately, you know, is for the glorification lord but it's not necessarily uh a song that you know you can really in in other songs that we have are like this too is not necessarily a song that's meant for you know corporate worship for example it, it surely could be used that way right. um but like for example if you just if if you have a more traditional sunday service and you know somebody starts rolling in a marshall stack you know, folks are probably going to start disengaging a little bit. Uh, but if you roll that same Marshall stack into the first heavy metal church of Christ, folks are probably going to start getting pretty cranked up even before the first notes played. Uh -huh. um, but if you roll a choir into the first heavy metal church of Christ, they might start raising some eyebrows and you might start getting some disengagement there. Right. Um, so I think with, you know, at least the modern Western church, and I, and I say the modern Western church because I know it's definitely different in other areas of the world. I think it's really um, in large part boiled down to preference. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that that's reality because I know I've been guilty of it as well. Um, you know, the, the, I guess the prevailing thought is you can just bounce from place to place, you know, until you're comfortable with both the music and the message. And only after that, once you find your little niche with the music and the message, then that's when you can start engaging with the people instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. So relative to that, I'm just going to leave it pretty simply. Jesus mm -hmm. didn't model the church this way. Not to say that the way that the Western world does church is bad. I don't think it is. But if there's ever a question, I always just like to say, well, how did Jesus do it? Jesus didn't do church that way. Okay, fine. Times are different. Fill in whatever you want. Um, but I think outside of a church context, as Rodney mentioned, you know, as music for Christians, personally, I don't view that as any different than music for non-Christians. Um, you know, it's different strokes for different folks. 
So personally, when I write music, I don't write music for Christians. I write it for everybody. And I think that's kind of we how we work collectively. You know, we we don't want to just reach Christians. I mean, that's the traditional preaching the choir. We want to reach everybody, or not everybody, but as, as many people as 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 possible. And to be clear, you know, when when you're in a band with Christians, you know, it's very easy to get pigeonholed into being a Christian band, and that kind of by default limits your audience because um, you know, as Rodney will tell you uh you know when when he was in a certain phase in his life he didn't want to hear somebody just you know come out all guns blazing and just beat him over the head with the gospel um and we don't want to be like that either we try to reach people where they are and it's not that we're we're compromising because we we definitely don't compromise our beliefs we don't compromise compromise our message but we also don't want to exclude people because they think that we're judging them. Right. And while we can easily discern and see sin in others, we can easily point it out in ourselves and people can see it in us as well. Right. But we don't want them to feel as though we're constantly, you know, judging and, and, and listening to every word and every action and just waiting to pounce on them and make them feel bad about themselves. Right. That's not what we're here to do. Well, that's what's unique about uh, you guys being a Christian band is that if the if the music that you guys make together in the band as a ministry is is truly a ministry, um, you would want to be approachable and accessible to people who are not necessarily Christians. And that's, what's unique about that ministry. Um, Whether or not you are intentional about it, um, Christian music, Christian bands, when they're on tour work as an evangelist in a lot of ways, because you are reaching people with the message of your music, whether that's good or bad is going to be up to your guys's music writing and your lyrics and all of those sorts of things. But to pigeonhole yourselves as being only, um, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to harp on them, but a Southern gospel evangelist who literally only sings songs that are biblically based, um, and for the target audience of being able to sing on a Christian, uh, in a church on Sunday morning or Sunday evening as a special service, when you guys are making, something that is more of a concert type of music, you're opening yourselves up to opportunity to interact with people who are not necessarily Christians or maybe um, have fallen away from church and wouldn't uh, consider going to church, but will still go to a concert. And so I think of bands like Skillet or Striper, who historically have always toured with non-Christian bands and their music is enjoyed by Mm -hmm. non-Christians. And you have people like Sweet and Cooper, the lead singers of those bands who will literally preach a 20 minute gospel message, no matter what the venue is. And it's absolutely amazing. And if they sounded like something different and if they looked like something different, their fan base would be different. And they wouldn't be reaching the people that they are reaching and they wouldn't be delivering the gospel to the people that they're delivering the gospel to because they have pigeonholed themselves, just like you said, Jason, into a certain target audience, a certain target sound. And 
alienated themselves from those lost souls that have no interest in that kind of music or that kind of band. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think the, uh, first off, Caleb, I, I, I want to say, I love how your mic sounds. Oh, it sounds, it sounds great. In your ears. <laughs> That's <really> awesome. <laughs> great. I'll, I'll let my, I'll let my in-laws know they got it for me for Christmas. And this is, this is its uh maiden voyage i guess in recording so that's awesome it's great man <laughs> good but um the ch- so i we so i, I agree with J- what jason said about who we're trying to reach and everything that's we're, we're all on board with that um when it comes to the church i i'm a believer in the local church and i i i think that it's it's very important for believers to be tied into a local church um and because I believe the church is for the believer. T- technically, the church is for right. the believer. Um, if we're going there to worship, someone who doesn't believe in God cannot worship God. Um, so we're worshiping a God who we believe in. So that's why we gather to, to do that, to be edified by the gospel. Because the gospel, right. as Tim Keller says, is not just the ABCs of Christianity or your entry into salvation, but it is the A through Z of Christianity. We feast off the gospel as believers. Um, so in the worship gathering, the music needs to be accessible for people in general to be able to help them worship in a way that isn't a hindrance. And if that means not playing metal music, then that means not playing metal music, but we can't cater to every single person. So just by default, it pretty much has to go with the personality of that church, you know, Sometimes some of them is very hyper. Some of them is very mellow, um, but it's got, I, I have no problem. And, and it's okay to play something like, you know, smoking gun or something. One of our, one of our songs in a church setting, but I personally don't believe that should be the norm because right. it it's, it's not accessible for all Christians and all believers to, to access that worship experience um, for the sake of that one particular meeting, it doesn't mean that Christian metal or Christian rock doesn't belong in the church because I believe it does. I, I think we should put that in there every now and then and say, Hey, let's rock this out. Um, like what Jason was saying, the, the first heavy metal church of Christ. Um, that's great. Um, but in a, and if that's the church that does that, then that's a norm for them. Um, so, you know, I, I do, I do think that we need to be anchored into a church somehow locally and the, the worship service needs to be structured in such a way that the majority of the believers there can access that moment of worship together. Well, I think that what both of you guys have touched on is pretty key. Um, I think that whoever your worship pastor or your worship leader is, as well as your lead pastor at your church, they should be sensitive and aware to who who their body or who their who their congregation is um if you have an older congregation 50 and up who is coming to church and that is the majority of your congregation um you you probably wouldn't be singing some of the 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 newer worship songs let alone a heavy metal song like you said um you're not going to be helping them uh, relax and open themselves up to be led of the spirit that morning. It, you're, you're just not going to be doing it. And that's what the whole 
purpose is, is to get your mind and your heart turned towards God. And if you're, if you're singing that kind of music, it's not going to happen. Um, <clears throat> meanwhile, on the, on the other end of it, if you, if you have a much younger crowd and you, your entire opening worship service is choir music and the pipe organ and things like that, you may find that random weirdo like me, who is a more comfortable in that sort of thing, but 90% of the time, that's not going to be true. They're going to like something a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more uh, fresh and new. And again, that, that traditional sort of thing isn't going to work. But at the same time, if you are a true Christian and you're a, and you're a mature Christian, you're probably parsing the music a little bit more anyway. And so you're probably a little bit more sensitive to the lyrics. And honestly, preference should be set aside. If you're on the mission field and you go into Asia or you go into India or you go into Africa, their worship is going to look completely different from us. And are you really going to try to force them to a modern American or Western church type of worship? and wipe out their cultural identity or are you going to allow them to praise god in the way that they're led to culturally um it, it goes much deeper than than what people think but we in the west we're such spoiled children of god that we <laughs> that we just you know we, we just want our preferences catered to no matter what the service is and i mean there's there's a little bit there that's logical like i said i think that a pastor should be sensitive to his congregation what their makeup is and 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 not do everything just based on their own preference or their comfort level i think we should always be open to um um maturing and 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 uh growing um but at the same time, there's, I think there's just a whole logical common sense sort of approach to music and, and preference is preference and not everybody's going to be a, a metalhead. Not everybody's going to be a fan of rap. Not everybody's going to be a Southern gospel fan and that's okay. But the, the problem comes into when you just absolutely condemn um, one of my favorite bands is uh, seventh day slumber and i follow them on facebook and it was it's a common site to be on there but they're just announcing a brand new album and a new tour and uh it's a common thing to be on their facebook page and see more conservative people come on literally with the only purpose of commenting on the post and saying you guys are all dressed in black you guys are definitely you're supposed to be children of the light why is everything so dark this is satanic and then leave and, and just get out of there and all you're doing is condemning somebody you don't know anything about their music, their ministry. I've listened to Joseph Rojas preach again. You know, he's another one who any concert he's at, he's preaching a gospel message, sharing his testimony. And uh, you, you're just condemning him based on the fact that he likes black leather. <laughs> I mean... You know, it's, it's well, you have to wear black makes... to absorb all that light from the pe from the, the, the those types of people in the congregation, right? You're right. Oh, the ones... <laughs> yeah, it only makes sense. <laughs> That's a they don't need oh. Jesus, they need the congregation. So soak it up. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing <laughs> you know one of the things 
I think that in, in all seriousness, and this might prick some hearts, and in, in mine included, but I think whenever you talk about, uh, you know, people being able to engage in, in the spirit or whatever, I can't remember exactly how you put it, uh, based on the type of music, I think that that honestly could just come down to how hungry somebody is. Mm-hmm. But I'll just kind of leave it at that. And I want to give a just a real quick personal story. I'm not into like, you know, screamo metal or and stuff like that. I like to be able to reasonably understand what somebody's saying. But um filled in with uh um a, a band at Ichthus uh years ago. And one of the last shows that I saw when I was there after we were after we had all, you know, done our our thing and played our our dates and stuff, uh went to uh, catch the Rose Hill because their guitar player had was also one of the guys that was filling in with us and his wife was lead singer and she was also you know doing some a little bit of vocals here and there I could not understand from start to finish any anything that she said while she was singing but man I gotta tell you I was in that moment because it was so powerful you could just feel it and it's because i kind of i opened myself up to that experience to say all right we're gonna give this a shot lord (laughs) let's do it and he did it to to music that i don't like but because i was open to that that experience and that that worship experience with that type of music man was it amazing amen yeah well yeah and and that's the biggest thing i we limit ourselves so often um the same sort of mentality that uh i think comes to condemn types of music without looking at the content of the song um is the same mentality that will condemn people who don't use their preferred translation of the bible who um don't attend their preferred denomination of the church. And again, what it all boils down to is that we as Westerners are so horribly spoiled with so many options on the plate. And you go to another place like in the Middle East or in Asia, and if there is a group of Christians meeting, it's a group of Christians meeting, and they'll sing the songs that they know, and they'll listen and study the Bible that they have if they're blessed enough to have one and just be glad to be with fellow believers, building each other up and encouraging each other and praying for each other. But here, if it doesn't sound like what they want, if it doesn't look like what they want, if the Bible isn't the type that they want, if the music isn't what they like, then I guess we're just moving down the road. And it's, it's just the fact that we've been so spoiled that we've allowed ourselves to get cold to any other type of worship experience. Well, obviously we were talking a little bit before we were recording the, the essentials are important. The gospel needs to remain intact. Um, the doctrine needs to be able to be backed up by the Bible, but outside of those essentials, is it really important what the letter next to the, the name of the church is or what type of a Bible they're reading out of so long as they're actually using the Bible instead of just stories and jokes, you know, which is a lot of modern worship as well, you know, those sorts of things are the important things, but those aren't really normally in the consideration. I mean, in the churches that I grew up in, again, 
going back, they're ultra conservative. Music has to be done a certain way. Worship has to look and sound a certain way. Everybody has their suit, coat, and tie on. Ladies are in their dresses and with their hair long and all of those sorts of things. But there were several times where you could go to church and the preacher may read a verse and yet he'll still talk for an hour and a half and he never goes back to the Bible for anything that he's saying. There's no content there. There's no, there's just no depth to the subject or depth to the message, but people would still pack those places out because it sounds and it looks and it feels like what they're comfortable with. Meanwhile, there's no depth. There's no growth. It's completely stagnant, but at least it looks good. That's just amazing to me. (laughs) Thankfully at 1611, we finally got our Bible. Right. Sorry, man. Did that, did that just... No, no. Well, you you know the amazing part of that, right? And no, nobody walking around right now with the King James Bible has a 1611 KJV, but they'll say it. They'll say, "I stand by that old 1611 King Jimmy," but what they're actually carrying is a 1769 re, uh, edited copy of a 1611. But. I've had people, but they don't know that. people who are missionaries, <laughs> they translate for into other language and they will not support. They will not support the translation of the Bible unless it's translated from KJV and not the manuscripts. Yeah, I know. I've known well, people KJV, like that. KJV is the one of the only ones that has the word Easter in it instead of Passover. I always thought that was interesting. Shouldn't it's you a, have Passover instead of a pagan holiday in there? Well, oh, maybe. I could get into this conversation. I mean, I love the King James Version. Be, don't get, don't get me wrong. I love the King James Version. <laughs> the language is beautiful. In fact, when I do when I do my you know usually daily Bible studies, um, the King James Version is definitely a part of it. But at the at the core of it, really is you know interlinear scripture and and other things like that. So you know, try and get back to the you know, the root languages, but also using the translations to kind of see everything in more of a modern day context. But at any rate, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole rabbit trail. I don't want to go down right now because I, I I could do this all day. But I figured not, that would get you fired up. No, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I am resisting this temptation. So, all right, guys. Um, so, um, you know what? We we talked about everything that I had planned on talking about so i guess it'll come back to um as a band um what would you guys say like the main goal of souls awakened is as a as a band and and while you're making music when your album comes out and and all of those sorts of things what would what would you say that your main your main goal as a band is Don't all jump at once. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it, Rodney. I would say just to, uh, you know, reach, um, you know, not just the lost, but people that like that style of music. And um, it's got a good message. It's about God, about Jesus, and uh, about real life issues, like real life problems, like drug use, uh, prostitution, um, you know, alcoholism, uh, you know, people growing up in in households that are uh they're abused it's just our music is about real life stuff 
and a way out of that life is through Christ. And, um, you know, I, like I said before, man, I just enjoy um, trying to reach people through our music. And of course we want, we want to, you know, we want, you know, it'd be nice to be successful as, as musicians. And, but our main, our main goal is to uh, see people set free, you know? Right. And that's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, quite simply the, you know, the, the mission statement is to, um, you know, inspire hope and purpose in people through music. And, you know, as Rodney said, you know, we, we don't just, we, we're not like somebody like Chris Tomlin who can, who just takes a part of the Bible and you, you turn that into a, a, a song, you know, there's definitely some of that. There's also some pretty gritty aspects of what we do. Um, you know, with some of the subjects that, that Rodney had, that spoke about, and, you know, some of that comes from personal experience. Some of it comes from empathy, uh, but wherever it comes from, we, we ultimately want it to glorify the Lord and to, you know, use that to, to even just spark a glimmer of hope, not that somebody sees us, but they can see that glimmer of hope in the saving power of the cross. And, help them understand that regardless of how they view their circumstances from the inside out that God's looking at them from the outside in and he's provided a way there is a way there is hope you know we 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 can sing about that um so we always regardless of you know if if we if we have a song about drug usage for example we don't take it in like an Alice in Chains direction and glorify that no, we, we don't shy away from the reality of it either, but right. our music ends up in a different place. Instead of the gutter, it ends up at the feet of the cross, right? the feet of the Lord. And so, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, do you guys uh, have any upcoming shows or album, an album release or anything like that coming down the, the pipeline that you know about or or that you guys are working towards or uh, anything new I coming? Mean, we just put an album out a few months ago, Caleb. What, I mean, what, do you, what more do you want from us? Man? I'm trying to get you guys to plug your show. <laughs> Jeez. I, I'm trying to say. Okay, I guess, I guess we got to get back to work, guys. <laughs> man. We're, we're actually, no. <laughs> no we, we actually, uh, Rodney, Rodney's actually doing some amazing work right now we got something something hopefully that'll turn out to be um really really huge and have a a, a really big positive effect and far-reaching effect um we don't really have too many too many details to share at this point but it's it's already in the works and um uh let's just say it's for sometime uh lord willing midsummer but um yeah we we knew that once we we put out the 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 first album that we wanted to really start working on the next one because we had a lot of material queued up so we've already started that process and um uh, definitely a, a shout out to to rob nadler at fat track studios because we wanted to try to do things a little bit different that should hopefully help us speed the process along a little bit and he's been so flexible and so great with uh his talents and his time uh that uh, we've we, we've already started the process. It seems to be working pretty well, and hopefully we could sustain it. So, um, right. that's awesome. But, but. So, all right, guys. Well, if you want to take a minute, uh, any of you guys, to sort of 
plug your plug your band and plug your social media pages or anything like that feel free where well, can I was gonna add another oh thing. go We've ahead got, yeah we're in the process of uh uh getting paperwork to fill out to be able to go into uh Lebanon Correctional Institution and rock the chapel out man so uh looking forward to that too Okay. Yeah. And that is awesome. And that, that's one of the things that we were talking about, uh, before the show started that, um, or before I started recording everything is that, um, I really admire that you are, uh, focused so much on reaching people that honestly, people are almost afraid to, it seems like as Christians, you, you know, you said very much that you're focused on helping, um, the, the homeless in your area through um, building that, that sort of way station there. And then as well as I know that when we talked over the phone before you had mentioned that you were trying to get into, um, uh, into the prison ministry and all of that stuff, which is absolutely awesome. So I, yeah. I really admire that. Uh, again, it's one of those things where God can redeem your past and use um, the things that you've been through to help you relate to and reach other people to bring them to Christ as well, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, to do so much time in prison and to be able to have the doors opened up and go in and, and speak with guys. I've, I've been in the prison, several of them, and seen guys that I was locked up with. And they're like, what are you doing here? I just told my mom, yeah. Hey, I yeah. know you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a tie. And then as I started, uh, uh, you know, given the word, I started coming out of my suit jacket and down to a muscle shirt. And then they realized that I was covered in tattoos and I was just like them. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's uh, cool. just God door, man. I actually cried, man, when the door opened. And I'd walk through into the prison yard and then being able to just walk right back out, man. It was, uh, it's, it's, it was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just simple to be yeah. able to walk back into the same prison that I lived in, that I, that I got, I, I got rode out to a higher security to max security for drugs. You know, the same prison that I had a shank under my freaking toilet, you know, like mm -hmm. to be able to walk in there, talk to the guys about God and what he had done in my life and how he had changed my life and how even though I know some of you will never be getting out, but God will ch can change your life, your attitude, and, and you can be free while you're even in here. Um, it was so amazing, man. I, I just cried and was so thankful. Yeah. And that's awesome. And it, and it comes through uh, with, with the work that you're doing and, and, uh, the music that you guys are making and all of that stuff, it, it comes through that passion absolutely comes through and that's cool. So anybody who is interested in checking these guys out, I would absolutely encourage you to find them on Facebook and follow them there. Uh, just search for souls awakened band and it'll pop up on your Facebook and you, I would totally encourage you guys to listen or to them on Spotify or wherever you stream music, uh, you'll be able to find them. Uh, totally worth it. Uh, check them out. And even following the Facebook page, you'll get, uh, they, they put up uh, all types of videos and music on there that you won't find on Spotify and as well as um, uh, posts 
uh, that conveniently tie completely into your podcast subject that you're going to talk to them about later on in the day. It's pretty amazing how that works out. Jonathan's magic fingers. (laughs) We're, we're always working on music, man. We, we got a, we got a ton of stuff, man. We can't wait to get it out to people. So I would just encourage people stay tuned, hang with us, man. And, uh, and keep up on our page, interact with us on Facebook. We're most active there. We're on Instagram as well. Um, we do some TikTok stuff, not not too much, but uh, um, stay in touch with us there. We love to hear from people. We like you said uh, earlier, Caleb, about being accessible. That's that's what we want to be. We want to pray for people. We want to pray with people. We want to hear from people. You know, we want to create relationships. Um, so be on a lookout because we got some stuff coming down the pipe, um, and more than just music. So, check out uh, Jonathan's uh, Word Rat. Also, absolutely a rapper and he's a beast man yes so, absolutely dude, his, his I, stage I, show his stage show is incredible you talk about crazy. those people that don't think rap can be christian music man they are going to be so ticked if they ever check out his show because it is awesome <laughs> so i wasn't going to plug any of my rap stuff guys this was about the band but thank you <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely it's worth it and i and i actually meant to and just got caught up in the rabbit trails about the uh, king james bible that we randomly yeah. brought up out of nowhere <laughs> <laughs> well in truth word rap brought that up and i was oh, he yeah. derailed his own train that's <laughs> funny <laughs> well i uh I, I admit that I ranted a little bit too much about Southern gospel as well. So <laughs> yeah, you are part of the band brother. And uh, what you do in your life besides metal is, is part of our life. So that's why we plug your uh, rap, bro. You know? Yeah. Well, I plug souls awaken all the time in my rap. So I wear my <laughs> souls awaken shirt to my shows some, my, to rap in. So <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've honestly really enjoyed this conversation and I'm going to have to come up with an excuse to have you guys back on again, because this has been a lot of fun. I really appreciate all of you being willing to come on and talk and go down the rabbit trails with me on this conversation. So thank you very much for all of that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Giddy up. Thank you, (laughs) Caleb. Appreciate the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, and just before we actually close this episode out with that song, The Day Our Savior Died, I wanted to encourage all of you to check out uh, the band Souls Awaken that we just got done talking to. Um, You can find their stuff on any streaming platform. I listen to them on Spotify, so I know they're available there. But I'd also encourage you guys to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I think they're all, they're on all of those platforms as well. I know their Facebook page is really active and you get all kinds of stuff on there like videos and updates on their songs and things that they're doing as well as they're very interactive and very active on there. So um, if you want to get to know them a little bit better, if you want to set them up for a show, anything like that, you should be able to reach out on their social media pages. But very much uh, i would encourage you guys to check them out on spotify and just listen to their stuff it's it's good stuff uh, they're great guys and i and i think you got to see that with this episode um so stay tuned um you got a song right after this the day our savior died which is my personal favorite i think you guys will like it too till next time i'm your host caleb sowers and this is bible chat